Welcome one, welcome all to the M60 Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, recording in a somewhat rainy Nashville, Tennessee at the moment. It is the last full week of April, uh, heading into the final week of April, and week number 6, 7, 20, 82 of this quarantine, stay-at-home, not quarantine, don't-have-to-stay-at-home type lockdown thing that we're under here in in Tennessee. And I do want to say uh, formally that I am very fortunate to be in this state where the restrictions aren't nearly as tight or rigid as they are in other states. I'm sure you've all seen the viral videos of people you know, protesting and um, being arrested just simply for for being outside and not maintaining proper social distancing. Um, This might be a hot take, too, and it might reveal some of my ignorance, but, uh, you know, I, I saw a headline today that a woman pepper sprayed a man at a Walmart while, because the man was not maintaining social distance, from her or she wasn't comfortable with how close he was to her because of social distancing and the the thing about the story that got me was that they were waiting on an elevator or they were getting into an elevator something along those lines and my immediate thought was i don't know of any walmarts that have elevators i don't think i've ever been to a walmart that's had an elevator and i've I, and granted, I haven't been everywhere in the country, but I I have been I've I've been to several places and been to many a Walmart in my time um, because fortunately or unfortunately that's where my mother prefers to do do her shopping just because of pricing and you can get pretty much anything and everything you can think of it at Walmart. I if I have to go something if I have to go get something that I quote unquote need that's not normally carried at like a Kroger or a Walgreens or something that's close by. I, I sometimes I bite the bullet and go to Walmart, but I every time Walmart's one of those places that every time I go to Walmart I go and I get what I need and I check out and I kind of observe the uh, situation around me and the people around me and I realize, oh, this is why I don't go to Walmart anymore. And so, you know, if I can't, if I've got to go, if I can't find it at Target, if I can't find it at a Walgreens or something locally, I get on Amazon and I try and get it through Amazon Prime uh, and Believe me, if you cannot find something on Amazon and get it delivered through Amazon Prime, then it is very, very hard to get by the public. That's just, I actually learned that with the uh, meal replacement shake that I'm, um, that I take um, from uh, Dylan Valenzuela, my new nutritionist that I work with on my weight loss plan. You can find my episode, or find my interview with him, episode three. Uh, if you want to get a break from this uh, pandemic talk and and go talk about and go listen to things about losing weight and maintaining a healthy lifestyle, uh, that is your that's your interview right there. And uh, one of the I, I, getting back to the whole Amazon thing, I I was buying this protein powder. It's more than protein powder. It's a meal replacement powder that. Um, I was buying through Dylan, and I I wanted to see if I could find a cheaper alternative, and he didn't didn't blame me, and and he wasn't there wasn't any malice there. He completely understood, and for a while I went with a cheaper alternative, and it didn't work quite as well. However, 
looking for this uh, th- this alternative on Amazon, I I actually found, or actually I, I couldn't find it, and I typed it in verbatim, and the you know it pulls up common uh, common entries in there. People had searched for it before, and it's just something you cannot get on Amazon because it's medically prescribed. So that being the case. All that to say that uh, I kind of realized that I was a little bit more ignorant of the world than I realized, I guess, because I didn't know that Walmart had, there were Walmarts out there that had more than one floor. I, I guess it makes sense, I, especially if it's in, if you're, if you're tight for, for space and, and it's, you have the capability to do that in your building and it doesn't affect your facility that much, then okay, more, more power to you, um, but, you know, it, it, it makes sense, I just didn't really, you know, didn't, didn't really know that, and it kind of, it kind of surprised me a little bit, so, and that, uh, I'm gonna try and find this article right now, actually, and, and look at it, because it was just a, a really interesting headline, and I, I'm going to kind of, read it verbatim and kind of react off the cuff here so you'll have to bear with me here for a little bit but it was just it was just such a uh, it was just a, such a funny story um it was a it actually resulted from a viral video headline reads woman pepper sprays fellow walmart shopper mid covid-19 fears this is from wjla um which I guess is in Washington D.C., or this is where the incident occurred. Now Washington D.C., yeah, that 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 makes sense. There's they're pretty hard up for room there in Washington D.C., so I I don't quite blame them there. Um, the article goes like this: is from WJLA slash CNN. Oh goody, I didn't really want to read a story from CNN on my podcast, but that's a uh, show topic for a different day when we're kind of out of all this, but. Uh, Let's just say I don't have a very high opinion of CNN. Um, and so the a woman who wanted to practice social distancing is accused of pepper spraying another shopper who tried to ride an elevator with her at a Walmart in Washington, D.C. The unidentified woman said she wanted to ride the elevator by herself to avoid close contact with others amid the coronavirus pandemic, WJLA reported. When other shoppers tried to get on the elevator with her, she attempted to close the doors, which caused a bit of a commotion. Naturally so. She was talking about some social distancing, six feet, but she was real serious with it, though, said witness Dominic Gamble, who recorded the incident on his cell phone. The other lady stood up like, nah, we ain't going like that. You gotta let us on this elevator, he continued. Everybody tried to get on, so she whipped that mace. And I'm not reading it quite with the proper accent or enunciation, but uh, his video showed one shopper holding her face and screaming after the incident. Other shoppers brought the victim water for her face while a security guard confiscated the pepper spray. When an ambulance arrived, the victim declined treatment. Security held the woman accused of discharging the pepper spray until police arrived. Officers questioned everyone involved, reviewed the video, and seized the pepper spray. Charges have not been filed. So there you go. Uh, more more fun and craziness from the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And it's just being it's just being felt everywhere. It's just being even even here in Nashville and in, in my day-to-day, it's I, I do don't get me wrong, I really prefer working from home and having a two foot commute from my bed to my desk. Now, granted I do take a shower and everything before that, but I, I do I would much rather have a two hundred square foot commute than have a hour and a half commute driving into downtown Nashville every day, but sometimes it just kinda drives you stir crazy and you the distractions of home can kind of wear on you a little bit and even though i i I can't imagine having a a child at home during all this it's some some days it's hard enough with my my cats because they like to 
get get attention and they like to be the stars of uh, virtual meetings if you will but it's just uh, it's just a part of how we deal with it and luckily I've had some success with my work in the last few days but it's just uh, I'm the, the more headlines that I read about the COVID pandemic, the, the more I am grateful that I'm in the situation that I'm in and that here in Tennessee we're not under as tight of restrictions and lockdowns as, as other states. I, I really, really can't imagine being in a state where you've got to you've got to stay home or else you face legal consequences that's um but then that appears to be happening in some places and i just my heart goes out to people in those situations and the more and more that i hear about the the numbers and and the studies that is the more questions that they that they raise and from from both sides i i look at headlines from uh from CNN, HuffPo, whatever MSN wants to put on my Bing homepage when I open up my internet browser on my personal computer, and and I do follow some some right leaning sources also. And there was a study done that that was published by uh, University of Southern California that basically showed that the infection rate might not be as high as what we originally thought it was, and that's. It's really, really frustrating when stories like these come out because, to me, I'm just looking at this whole situation and I'm thinking, we we have essentially torpedoed our economy and our society and over, over what? And I don't want to spread, I don't want to spread misinformation, so... I'll, I'll, I'll leave it right here, but my my feeling is, and, and those that I've talked to with some knowledge in the medical field, I, I, I'm kind of, the more this goes on, the more I'm kind of realizing that, yes, this virus is serious, but it's, I think we're going to look back on this in 10 or 15 years and realize just what a huge overreaction all of this was, and realize just how how much of a fumble that that leaders all over the world, United States included, just kind of fumbled this whole thing and essentially changed the lives of millions of people because they're they're out of work and and now we're in a situation where it may take I'm I'm hoping that I, I admire President Trump for his optimism when he says we're going to, to rebuild the greatest economy that we've ever had a second time. I I'm 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 hopeful that that some semblance of that can happen. I'm I'm hopeful that, that we'll rebound fairly quickly once everything gets kind of quote unquote back to normal, but you know, where where does it go from here? I I don't know. And that's where this week's topic of, uh, of courage is going to come in. We're going to talk a little bit more in the next segment about courage and being men of good courage. And I'm going to share an interview that I did about a week ago with my friend and spiritual mentor, Mike Harder, who is the lead pastor at Gospel Church in Nashville. He's going to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about fatherhood and about his own masculine journey. We're going to we're going to do our, our thing here on the M60 podcast, you know, 60 minutes of, of men's issues, and we're going to wrap it all up in a nice little bow with a homework segment here at the end. So stick with me. Uh, this next segment, we're, we're, going to talk, we're going to continue to talk about being men of good courage and how you can be a leader in these crazy, crazy times that we're living in and uh, interview with Mike Carter. So stick with me. This is the M60 podcast. I'll be right back. Hey, 
hey, with everything going on in the world today with the COVID-19 pandemic, just know that there are still millions and millions of people out there who are working hard to help you. There's doctors, nurses, and people at medical facilities and hospitals all around the country, all around the world that are doing their part to fight this pandemic. There are still people working at grocery stores and at drugstores and at essential businesses. I know here in Tennessee, most retail businesses have gone over to curbside pickup, and there are still food deliveries going on through Postmates, Uber Eats, DoorDash. Those services haven't stopped, and people in those industries are working really hard too. So if you are in... A position to be generous with someone who's say delivering your food or delivering your groceries or you just want to lighten up someone's day say something positive to one of these frontline people that are in the grocery industry or in the medical industry that are doing their best to keep the economy and keep the world going just just be a good person is is kind of what i'm trying to say Yeah, I really like that song. Uh, that is Brave by Zade Wolf. Uh, this is the M60 Podcast, Episode 7. I am your host, John Waltz. We're, we're getting up there, getting up there in numbers. So still working on uh, still working on smoothing everything over, but hey, I'm, I'm happy to, to keep going and keep, uh, keep recording here. And if you are a uh, performing artist, if you're a music artist and you want to uh, have some of your music featured on the show, just shoot me an email, m60podcast at gmail.com. That's the letter M, the number 60, and the word podcast uh, at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, I'm on Snapchat and TikTok, although I haven't done much on those yet, but you can find me on those platforms soon. Just search M60 Podcast, and might as well uh, go on with the, with the promo here. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your guy friends, your girlfriends, that, hey, there's this crazy guy down in Tennessee that thinks he knows what he's talking about when it comes to men's issues, especially from the spiritual side of things. So um, any, any help you could provide in spreading word for the show would be greatly appreciated. And uh, like I said, if you are a music artist here in the area and you want, not here in the area, necessarily here in the area, but uh, anywhere in the world, and you want to have your music featured on the podcast as uh, bump music, as they call it in the industry, music that uh, plays plays me in and plays me out from breaks, you can uh, just send me some of your music, I'll give it a listen, and we'll go from there. So this week, uh, we're, we're talking a little bit more about courage, and I'm going to go back into that article that I brought up last episode about uh, 25 Bible verses about courage, and I'm going to go back to the original definitions that we talked about uh, with courage last episode. So the, the definition of the word courage is the ability to do something that frightens one, or another definition is strength in the face of pain or grief. Now, the root word for the word courage is the Latin word core, which is for heart, and then the Hebrew word for courage uh, is pronounced omets, um, and that kind of means uh, heartedness or might be best defined as willingness to take action. So that's where all those words and definitions kind of come come into play at. And so looking at this article here that um, talks about courage, and um, one thing that, that I want to say personally is that 
I, I heard I heard this in a movie, but I, I think it's true that uh, the our the, the Bible says fear not at least three hundred over three hundred times uh, in the entire text, uh, three hundred sixty five times. We and and I think that's not a coincidence. We we face some type of fear and some type of um, you know, dis disheartening. We we face some type of adverse feelings every every single day, and we are, as I said in, in Joshua one nine. That's one of my favorite verses. Is that this? It's not a suggestion. It's it's a command from the Lord on high that that He should have courage because God's with you wherever wherever you go. So some other verses about courage that you can um, you can take with you. First Chronicles uh, chapter 28, verse 20. David also said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Again, that's First Chronicles 28, 20. David passing wisdom down to his uh, to his son, saying, "This, you need to be strong and courageous, and and do this work on the temple." I because of David's sin, he could not complete the temple, and so it fell on to Solomon. Because of things that are out of your control, you're going to have to be forced to do things in life. Whether it's because you've lost your job in a pandemic, your significant other has lost their job in their in the pandemic. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe your significant other is a nurse or a doctor, and they are working crazy hours, and they're not able to to be at home to help to help you with with family matters. Maybe maybe you're missing seeing your coworkers. There are a lot of things that are that are beyond your control that are going to force you to be strong and courageous throughout your life. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Again, standing firm, not letting being being strong, having having that strong foundation. In sports, we taught what what are we taught in sports? We need to have a a wide base, a wide foundation, so we're not easily moved. We need to and and also another sports analogy that that comes to mind here with this verse: giving yourselves fully to the cause. And if if you can't give yourselves fully to your family, then there's there's a call to action there. Find out why you're not able to give yourselves fully to your family or fully to fully to your cause or fully to to what you're trying to do. To to be to be a a rock or a source of strength in your family and in your community. Deuteronomy chapter thirty one verses six through eight. Now Deuteronomy that's one of the, I would say, one of the more legalistic books in the in the Bible because it just lays out guidelines and, and rules, and um, there's not as much grand storytelling in that book. But there's there's still a lot of valuable wisdom to be had. After all, it, it is it is the word of God. Deuteronomy uh, chapter thirty one verses six through eight say, "Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them." For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Again, if, if you have God in your heart, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you have, if you have a spiritual compass, God will go before you. And 
if you are aligned under God, God will go before you. That's another reason to not be afraid or, or be discouraged. It, it may be very, very easy to to be that in times like these. And, and believe me, I know there have been times that, that I've been been scared and, and have not, didn't realize that God was going before me. But we need to know that we, we need to know that God goes before us. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 4, do not be afraid, you will be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace, you will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. I'm assuming he's talking to the nation of, of Israel uh, in this context. Um, I could be I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've read the book of Isaiah, but again, Isaiah chapter fifty four verse four: Do not be afraid; you will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace; you will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. You're you're not going to be put to shame if you have to take a, a a crappy job to support your family. You're you're not going to don't don't be afraid of, of disgrace or humiliation in that. That's something that I had to, that I've struggled with in the past and and that I've struggled with even here recently working working extra working um, sometimes working Uber Eats sometimes as I was working my second job in years past as a pizza delivery guy there was there was some shame there was some humiliation on on my part that that someone who was quote unquote educated had to resort to that in order to meet some financial goals but again god god goes before you and you you'll forget that shame you'll I, in fact I, I look on my time delivering pizzas um, I was actually just on the uh, company's website today getting getting some tax information that I needed um, gosh then and, and I just remember some of those days and nights pretty fondly because I made some some pretty good relationships and friendships with my coworkers and also remember that this is kind of an aside going back to the the generosity uh, segment that I just uh, laid out before this one that people in those positions and in those type of jobs yeah there's there's some people that are in those types of jobs because that's the best they can do but then I would say by and large most of the people that are in those jobs are just trying to get money and they're trying to they're trying to get by they're trying to supplement their income or they're they're trying to just get some type of a a base under them they're just trying to bring in some type of, of income while they're chasing a bigger goal i i know i have met a lot of of really great and really bright people uh in my time delivering pizzas so just just know that it's not always the the stoner that even forgets that they have your order so i may or may not have gotten in an online argument with someone about that one time uh that's a story for another day probably uh something i can put behind the paywall for my next uh my next john waltz reacts by the way uh if you're not following me on patreon i do have a patreon page set up uh once everything kind of blows over and things come go back to quote unquote normal and you're able to support the show i would really love to have you um become a patron and and contribute to the uh to the to the creation of this show i'll have some extras uh behind the paywall um that you can that you can contribute to. Now I'm not going to have time to go over all 25 of these uh, these verses, but there are there are a lot here, and uh, I would just say, even oh gosh, even this one here, this one comes. Gosh, this this is pretty timely here too. I I would say if you're in a situation where you need to be courageous and you need to be strong and and be be a rock and a pillar in your family and your community uh, Joshua 1 6 be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them you will lead these people to reap the blessings and the benefits of 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 God and a fruitful life if you be strong and courageous 
That's that's what I take out of that. So there are, and even, gosh, even further on in this article, there are quotes about having, about being courageous. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff here in this article. It's from 2015, uh, BibleStudyTools.com. There will be a link to this article in the description, but just just know that there are there are so many people in this world that that are counting on you in some way shape or form family friends community and just know that the lord your god is with you wherever you go and he goes before you and just if you don't have a personal relationship with god if you don't have a personal relationship with jesus christ i would i would ask you to find a good church make contact with the pastor there and talk about it with them or even even email me here m60podcast at gmail.com and put something like uh, spiritual questions Christianity questions in the subject line and just we'll 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 talk about it and I will I'll share my experience as a Christian man and my own masculine journey from from that perspective but Coming up next, a friend and spiritual mentor of mine that I met many, many years ago at a Bible study here in Nashville, my good friend, Mr. Mike Harder. He will be joining us here on the M60 podcast. We're going to talk to him about uh, being courageous, what his journey as a man has been like, what he loves about fatherhood, and it's all coming up here on the M60 podcast. Stick with me. I will be right back. Hey, just want to let you know that if you want to interact with the M60 Podcast, you can reach me in a variety of different ways via social media. I am on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, Snapchat, however you like to use social media, you can get in touch with me there. If you have an article or a topic for a show suggestion, just email me, m60podcast at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, show topic suggestion or article, and I will review it accordingly, and you just might get referenced on the show. to the M60 podcast. Uh, this week's guest is my friend and uh, who I consider to be a spiritual mentor of mine, Mr. Mike Harder. He is the lead pastor at Gospel Church here in Nashville. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, John. I really appreciate you having me on here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we uh, it's a uh, it's live recording, so we uh, we might hear some extra noises in the background. Mike's uh, in in uh, what looks like his uh, his subterranean lair uh, here in the, here in town. So we'll uh, just bear with us here. But Mike, the the first thing that I wanted to ask you, and the uh, the first thing that I usually uh, cover with uh, every guest on the show, is the overarching theme of the podcast, and and that's we explore the question what it means to be a man in the 21st century in the Western world. So. Uh, if you were to be asked that question by someone on the street or someone in your uh, in your congregation, how would you answer that question? So if I'm hearing you right, what does it mean to be a man yes. in our culture? That's a that's a really good question. I think. Well, first of all, I want to greet you from my uh, basement. Uh, the coronavirus has upended my life as well as the rest of you, so I moved my office down into our basement. So. Uh, that's, that's a great time for everybody. Um, but, uh, secondly, I just want to say, um, you know, the most important thing, uh, to, to consider when it comes to what it is to be a man is that our very identity is as men and women is that we're image bearers of God. 
and God created men and women in their image, in his image. Um, and that's a really important thing. The Imago Dei, uh, the fact that we reflect who God is with our personality, uh, with the way that we interact with people, the way that we have a will, those are all really critical to understanding who we are. And when we divorce God out of our understanding of who we are as people, we begin to flatten, we begin to coarsen, we begin to uh, diminish um, our identity. Um, and so it's important for us to really root our understanding um, of who we are as people with the created order. And, and so for me as a Christian, that's where I start. I always start by saying being a man is rooted in uh, being someone who is created by a loving creator who had designed for me and who designed me to be who I am. And that uh, a deeper understanding of who God is ultimately gives me a deeper understanding of who I am. And so, um, you know, when you go back to, to the design God created men and women to be is that God's created us to be people who are worshipers. So ultimately as a man, I'm created to be a worshiper of God. And if I'm not going to worship God, I'm going to find something else to worship. I'm going to worship uh, my spouse or the idea of being married to somebody. I'm going to worship my job or power or prestige or being noticed. I'm going to worship my children if I have them. And all those things are great things. It's great to be noticed. It's great to have a good job. It's great to have finances or resources. It's great to have power, to be strong. It's great to, to, to be physically fit. It's great to be good at, um, at my hobbies. It's great to be married but all of those are not ultimate things. And so uh, realizing that it's really easy for me to turn my worship towards things that are created rather than the creator, the one who created me, uh, is, is really important. So being a worshiper is a big part. It's like we're all worshipers. And then secondly, I'd say that, you know, when you look at being a man, it's that God created us to be uh, people who care for others. First thing Adam is given is he's given uh, the world to, to care uh, for it. And so we're called to be people who are nurturers. Nurturing isn't just a feminine trait. It's a masculine trait as well. We're called to nurture and care for everybody who's in our, in our care. So we're supposed to shepherd them, watch over them, guard, protect, um, provide and, and nurture the people that are underneath us. Sometimes men become very, um, very toxic in the way that they deal with other people when they stop nurturing and they only try to possess um, or they try to control instead of like, how can I nurture? And then third, I think that men are created to be people who are, who are, uh, um, creative and inventive. There's something interesting when God created Adam, he, one of the first jobs he gives him is to name all the creatures, which is pretty cool. Right. Right. And, yeah. uh, he's giving them names like that looks like an elephant. I'm just going to call it an elephant. And that looks like it a wolf, you know, so it's like, there's a definitely this creative aspect that a lot of men like don't really, don't really consider, but, um, men are called to be creative and we're called to be creative in how we do our job and how we, how we live our lives and how we shepherd people, how we care for people. And so I think that this kind of concept, I mean, there's many others, but being somebody who's, uh, who is a, uh, worshiper, somebody who's a, uh, somebody who's a nurturer, those are three great qualities of, of, of good manhood. Um, and, and that's tied in with a lot of who we are. And often, you know, that, that creative part can be expressed by being someone who's an adventurer. You're being creative. You're, you're discovering. You're seeking out stuff. And so maybe it's more of an hour event. Sometimes it's more an art or music or, uh, or writing or theology. That creative, like, development is really, really critical for men to, to really experience because if they don't, they're not moving forward, then they become very stagnant and, and start trying to find uh, ways to control rather than to create. And that becomes very toxic. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I've seen a lot of that. We were talking before we started recording about kind of the, the men's movement that's online. And I, I, I see a lot of what you were talking about of, of guys kind of divorcing themselves from from their creator and or not factoring that into their their masculine existence so they've kind of become 
coarsened and and uh, hardened hearts and and looking at possessions and more uh, just attainment rather than than nurturing and serving and being creative so that's that's a lot of a lot of good stuff there um take us uh through your journey as a man uh over the course of your life and and in particular as a believer kind of a little bit of your testimony and what what that's been like well i think you know from my story i was blessed by having a really great father who is very close to me relationally and who took time for me and invited me into his world. So I remember even being a pretty young kid, my dad asking me, you know, what I thought I should do uh, or what I thought he should do with his job and some of the things he was leading in, which of course, you know, the input of an eight year old's not super critical or there's not a lot of experience there, but it did give me an appreciation for a world outside my own. And it really made me feel valued. And so there was definitely a modeling aspect of, of masculinity. And my dad is not handy. He can't fix anything and he doesn't hunt. He doesn't fish, but he's definitely a really strong man and a strong leader. Uh, and so I, I developed this understanding of being a man first by the way my dad lived his life, like the way he treated my mom, the way he operated in his workplace, the way he led his, his community, the way that he was a leader of other men. Uh, it just really kind of formed me as a person. It gave me a vision for like the kind of life that I would like to live. Uh, but then, you know, as I kind of grew up, uh, I think uh, for me, I, I got married late. So I got married when I was, I mean, not in the grand scheme of things, a lot of people get married, uh, later than I did. I got married when I was 31. So I didn't get married like super late, but for most pastors in the South, that's pretty late. Like most pastors, they get married college or seminary. And then they're like in the middle of their thing. I got married when I was 31. Uh, and so there's a, I had a longer single period than many pastors do. And, and for me, that, that meant that I developed a strong sense of self uh, during those years. So there was a definite development there that uh, was interesting. And I think for me, in a lot of ways, like I was a late bloomer. It's always kind of been that way for me. Um, and that allowed me to kind of like grow into myself and have a really strong sense of self before I got married, which actually I thought it was really great. Honestly, I think it's good to have a season of life that you kind of um, you kind of go through every season of life. I think it's important for us to really kind of invest ourselves where we are and be planted in the season that we're in. And so I, I walked through that season and, uh, and then started stepping into like what it looked like to be a husband and got married, spent three years before we had kids and just kind of really kind of try to learn what it looked like to be a husband. But like anything, like you, you head knowledge is nothing like being in the middle of it. And so it took me a while to kind of like figure out what it looked like to be a husband. And honestly, every, every season of life, I'm still trying to figure out what it looks like to be a husband. I'm learning a lot what that means to be that now. And then as a father, you learn a lot too. Um, as, as kind of just get some age on you, you kind of start learning some too. So like, it's, it's been interesting. Like, I think, I think though that a lot of the earliest lessons I learned were like were some of the best ones, the ones I learned from my father. Um, and some of the mentors I had when I was really developing really stood me in good stead. I think developing those strong friendships and role models um, have have really kind of set me on a path to become the man that I am now. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's definitely crucial to uh, to uh, the masculine existence and the and, and growing up. And I I'm, I'm like you. I had a really great father and uh, who was very active in my life. And and I just I thank God for that every day because. Mm. There's so many out there that, that that's kind of where their own wounding started was that they didn't necessarily have a strong father figure growing up in their life. And so they've, it, it's kind of the same thing you were talking about with worship. We as men, we're going to find people to pat, pattern our lives after, whether it's good or bad. So the the more good that we can have there in our development, that's uh, definitely crucial. So one of the things that uh, that I've been talking about, talked about it uh, on the last episode, I'm going to continue to talk about it in, in this episode, is uh, having courage and, and being men of good courage and, and showing leadership and, and really being that, that head of household here in, in trying times like this. We, we all know that uh, the, the pandemic that's going on has really 
just changed our world for um, possibly forever in some aspects of it. So what, what are some ways uh, when somebody talks to you about showing good, showing courage and, and being men of good courage and, and showing leadership uh, in times like these, what, what are some ways that men can do that and, and give us your overall thoughts on, on that? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic has changed a lot of things. I heard somebody say this today. Uh, the pandemic's really revealed a lot of the areas where we had weaknesses. Um, and so that can either be something that's very, very terrifying, like, oh, I've been exposed, or it's an opportunity to, 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 to really address some of those things, you know? Um, and so I think, I think mentality is really important. I mean, part of it is, part of being a grown up is realizing um, is realizing like uh, there's nobody going to bail me out of some of these things, you know, and I've got to figure this out. And so you can either be like very, very saddened by that or like intimidated by it, or you can like just try some things, you know, I, I I realize like one of the things that's so hard is, is uh, it being paralyzed a little bit by, by a leadership decision. Like what if I get this wrong? The stakes are really high. But what I found, and so, so like sometimes you can find yourself in a spot where you're like, man, I'm just not going to make any decision or I'm going to wait till I have all the information I possibly can have. But what I've found as a leader is that, you know, people are willing to follow you if you lead with courage and, and humility. And so courage means we're going to step into some things and we're not going to have all the facts, but we know that this is the best thing we can make right now, the best decision we can make, and we're going to step into it the humility piece is like, we don't have all the facts. And so we may be changing course. Um, and we're welcoming of information and data points that you may have that we don't have. And I think that people are willing to follow you if you're able to step into that. And uh, part of that is like, not, not arrogance or, or blind, like, Hey, we're just going this direction, just get behind this, but rather just being like, Hey, we're going to lead. We're going to lead with courage. Cause we think that together we're going to, we're going to win. Um, and so I think that, that, you know, being a good leader, being a good, good, good leader of people, um, which ultimately, you know, I believe that men are leaders in their homes. I think wives are too, but I think that, um, I think that there's a role of being someone who, who has a, a positivity towards the way that they see the world and a hope in it is so compelling. And I think that's one of the things that's the hardest in the season where there's so much uncertainty that uh, having just a positive mentality on it uh, and where you're going really, really pays off just in huge ways. And as Christians, you know, go back, I'm a pastor. So as a Christian, like the ultimate reality is that we know that Jesus wins uh, we know how the end of the book is written, which gives us great confidence in how we we operate here now. And uh, we we know that God works things for good, even when it's messed up and we screw up. And and so we have that incredible confidence that that allows us then to lead well and care and give ourselves away. Good, good, yeah. I I, I always go back to the quote that um, I I can't remember. Um, I remember reading it in, in a book, but I can't remember who the author attributed it to is that, uh, one of the, the marks of a good, of a good man or a, or a courageous person is being able to, uh, to keep your head when everyone else is losing theirs. And in times like these, that's become more and more difficult. I, th- I think, because at least for me personally, every time, every time I, I open up the, the computer to, uh, to, to go to a site that the, the homepage is always media reports of how, how bad things are across the United States and across the world and about how, you know, the, the president is fumbling everything up and, and just a lot of, there's just so much, the certainty that we do have out there is, or quote unquote certainty. It just depends on what you, what you want to believe, but that's a topic for another show, I guess. Um, right. The, what what you do see is certainty is, is is negativity and so that's uh that's in times like these that's really hard to keep out of your mind um right now um mm-hmm. so what what are some ways to uh to find that positivity to find that uh find that good 
that good fruit for your spirit and for your soul ways to, to, to feed your spirit. Well, I mean, I, again, I go back towards, well, here, I, I, there's a ton of different ways, but I go back to first is like, if you're, if you have a foundation that is built on Christ, um, if you have foundations built on God that ultimately then gives you a, uh, a ramp uh, on which to run. It gives you, it gives you a, uh, a set of beliefs that, that are, that are ultimately rooted in the fact that you have a God that says he's going to be with you, that he's for you, that he knows the future. He's not caught by surprise and that he acts on the behalf of his people. And so like that at a baseline just gives you this, this foundation of saying, I'm, I'm dearly loved and uh, God's going to be in this with me and he's not going to leave me alone in this. And, uh, and so even if things get really, really terrible, God's ultimately in control. And so i that gives you a positive spirit period. Okay. Um, so that's one second, the building on that foundation. So kind of like a first floor for me would be a, a, an idea of the community that I'm around. So I think that being around positive people really helps create positivity in your heart. So like being around people who, who believe that, uh, they can, they can, they can overcome, uh, having a culture that that's tied up in, in, in people who are, willing to, to dream and believe in the best and, and come up with creative solutions to that. that really makes a big difference. So it really matters who your top five friends are. Um, mm-hmm. It matters who you surround. Was yourself. that a MySpace reference? <laughs> Man, that's pretty old school. Yeah. No, but it's, it really is those, those five, five friends, those five closest people to you. Um, those people really affect you. And here's the, here's the, here's the, the secret to that is that you get that, you get to kind of pick who those people are. Um, yeah. I know that a lot of times we say we don't pick our friends, our, our friends pick us, we don't pick our friends, but the truth is, is that we also get to, um, we get to, to have some, some level of that, uh, decision. So, um, we, we get to affect that more than we, we ever, ever really give ourselves credit for. So who we walk with and then ultimately like, uh, what kind of bigger community were we, we're in? So beyond just like your closest five friends, but like what kind of community are you a part of? Um, are you part of a church? Are you part of a, some kind of group? Like that really makes a big difference to having having a greater community uh, around you that's that's positive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and even I, I would say, uh, at least for me, being a little bit more in the in the tech space here lately, and with social media and, and YouTube being like it is, and especially now since a lot of people are cooped up inside, it's like, what type of YouTube channels are you watching, and what type of podcasts are you listening to, and right. what are you what are you taking into your brain? Because that that we have even more of a choice in rather than uh, just just the friends and the people that we interact with. But, right? Who are you watching? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so switching over to a lighter subject, um, you, you are a father of two wonderful kids. Is that right? I am. Awesome. So what is your, uh, what's your favorite thing about fatherhood? What's your journey been like as a, as a father and, and, uh, just, um, what do you love? What do you love most about being a dad? Um, man, that's, that's, that's a loaded question. I, being a dad is, um, a lot of fun. It can also be kind of stressful um, because there's just so much that's asked from you, like when it comes to your time. But I think the most rewarding piece is just nurturing my kids, like just seeing them grow and uh, flourish, and and just seeing them become who they are and uh, being invested in them. I think there's nothing quite like it. Just that sense of emotional relational closeness and and just investment in who they are and to see them just kind of just develop as, as people um you know being a parent's a weird thing it's it's uh unlike any other relationship and 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 it it really is a one of those things where as much as you put into it as much you get out you know so i think it's been it's been one of the most incredible joys of my life to be a parent but it's also one of those things that's like caused me to grow more than almost anything else too. Like you just realize like, man, I am so selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
and I need to I need to figure some stuff out. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike Harder is our guest here on the M60 podcast. Um, just wrapping it up here, Mike. Last question. Um, we we've kind of mentioned in the interview, and we talked a little bit about before we started recording that there are a lot of um, there's a generation of men coming up that that have kind of become disenfranchised and disillusioned with with the world and with society in general, and mm-hmm. think that uh, it's kind of stacked against men these days and if you were to have um, a young man approach you on the street and just kind of talk to you about that and, and, you know, ask, ask for your advice on, on how they should proceed with their lives. And um, what, what would your advice to a young man that's in that situation be? You know, I would, I would tell a young man who's feeling disenfranchised to say like things will get better. Um, we all go through really tough seasons of life, but, um, they're seasons. They're not necessarily like, uh, forever things. And so I'd encourage a young man who's feeling the weight of the world or feeling deep despair, feeling like, man, I, nobody knows who I am to, to choose, uh, to choose some things first would be to say like, Hey, listen, I'm going to choose to be what kind of person I want to be. And, uh, and to actually write it down to say like, all right, what, what, what do I want five, 10 years to look like? What do I want to look like in five, 10 years from now? What do I want my life to look like in five or 10 years? Not just, not just what I want the life to look like, but like what I want my, myself to look like. And then start working on it. Um, just start saying, okay, so if this is what I want. If I want to have some level of financial security, or I want to have a certain kind of job, or I want to, I want to be somebody that I'm proud of when I look in the mirror to start saying, well, what does that look like? And what kinds of relationships do I need to have to, to, to get there? I, I, listen, I, when I was in my twenties, when I was in college, I uh, was living with a bunch of guys and none of us really going anywhere. And we were all uh, pretty far from the Lord and we were all kind of just, uh, just kind of a mess. And, uh, and so we ended up, um, taking some time, uh, I ended up taking some time just kind of thinking about what I wanted my life to look like. And I ended up making a really tough decision. I decided I was going to move out. Uh, and the reason why was because I was not around the right kind of people that were going to help me become who I, who I wanted to be. And so I made a, a list of the people that I wanted to be like and said, oh, these people around here, like, if I want to be like these guys uh, and I want to have the kind of future I see them having, I need to go pursue those relationships. And so I made a list and I, I chose to, to invest in those relationships rather than the ones that I was previously investing in. Now, not, not everybody on that list uh, ended up panning out. Like some were just in different stages or there's just not the right kind of synergy or they didn't have space for my friendship, but uh, a bunch of them did. And those are some of my closest friends that I've, I've ever had in my life. And uh, those key relationships I made during that time were really the difference in who I am today, uh, particularly one of them. Uh, he was the first person on the list. And that one relationship um, brought me to a place where I gave my life to the Lord and I ended up going into ministry. And, um, and it really has made a huge difference. And so I think, Young man, if you're out there listening to this, man, listen, you have a huge and bright future ahead of you. Uh, and, and today, the choices you're going to make will really pay off so much more than you can ever imagine if you really, if you really choose wisely as who you're going to be around and, and what you want your future to look like. Amen. Amen. Well, the, that uh, wraps up our interview. He is Mr. Mike Harder. He is the lead pastor at the Gospel Church here in Nashville. You can go to, is it uh, thegospelchurch.com? Is that the, the website? That's right. Gospelchurch.com. Okay. All right. Well, Instagram is the gospel church. Okay. Well, we'll uh, I'll put that those two links in the uh, episode description so you can find those there. And uh, go check Mike out. And then uh, when we're all physically meeting for services again, go uh, go say hi to Mike. Tell him that, uh, tell him that John Walt sent you. Um, and... We'll, uh, we'll wrap it up next with a quick homework segment. This is the M60 Podcast. Thanks, John.
hey, this is the spot that every podcaster goes through when they put together some content where I tell you to like, share, and subscribe the podcast, leave a review, tell me how much you like me, tell me how much I suck, because I could probably use the criticism here in the early going. Welcome back to the M60 Podcast. This is the homework segment for the week. I want to encourage you guys to find things that will nurture your soul, that will bring some positivity and some light into your life. Don't keep turning on the news and absorbing all the negative because there's plenty of negative to go around. There's plenty of unprecedented things that are going on in this day and time find something that'll that'll nurture your soul find find a way to to find a way to volunteer um if you have some time on your hands sign up for a delivery service like postmates or doordash or uber eats and just do it on your own time that that'll bring you some not only will it bring you bring you some income it'll also bring some positivity towards you for from your customers because they'll be grateful that you're you're bringing them bringing them food that they couldn't otherwise go out and get um if there are people in your neighborhood if there are people that you know that are in need of maybe some lawn care or landscaping or something like that offer that up offer that service up to them most somebody's grass Take their trash out. Do do something to lift their spirits, and it'll lift your spirits. I know that this is just such a strange and unprecedented and unparalleled time that that we're in. And maybe take up a new hobby or rediscover an old hobby. I have. I am so thankful that golf courses around here haven't gone on full lockdown. It's it's made them busier for sure, but. At the same time, I've rediscovered my love for golf and my my love to for being outside. Uh, a lot of that kind of got taken away from me in in a previous previous job that I had, and I'm sure that'll be a topic for another show that we'll discuss. But you know, I just want to encourage you to find a find a new hobby, and obviously. You know, get outside when you can and, and turn off the news. Turn off the news. There's enough going on that find find something and not I, I broke down and I watched Tiger King uh, a couple of weekends ago and I I kind of regret it to be honest because it was such a it was such a train wreck it, it really was i didn't know if i was watching a wildlife special a gay pride documentary or a true crime show it was like all three of those things thrown into a blender and it was just such a that's the feeling that you get when you when you're done watching it is like i i just watched a I just watched a train wreck, you know, and there there are plenty of great and positive things out there on YouTube. I would highly suggest subscribing to uh, the Ransomed Heart YouTube channel. They, John Eldridge and his wife Stacy put out um, almost daily devotionals each day, um, videos of just how they're doing and how they're coping with everything, and it's like a little mini homework sec- segment uh, every single day. And it's really, really good stuff. And find a good devotion, devotional. Find 
I, I need to do this too. This is homework just as much for me as it is for you. I think we should all work on finding some type of devotional where we express gratitude daily. No matter what situation you're in, there is always something that you can be thankful for. There is always something that you can, there's always goals that you can work towards. And there are always ways that you can experience thankfulness and, and you can pass that on to others. So I would encourage you, volunteer, find someone who's in, in need and find ways that you can serve and help them. Find ways that you can express gratitude and turn off the news. That's that's the homework for the week. This has been the M60 Podcast. Special thanks to Mike Carter for joining me this week. Uh, once again, he is the lead pastor at Gospel Church in Nashville. Uh, go check him out on Instagram and on Facebook. And if, once we uh, are physically meeting together, if, if you're in the area and need a place to to check out church-wise, go, go see him. And that wraps episode seven up in a nice little bow for me. So thanks very much. I will talk to you next time.